Hey there, I'm Eric J. Olson. And I'm Kevin Daisy. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. What's happening, everybody? It is Eric J. Olson, and today we are doing another live interview for the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview the top managing partners of law firms in the United States and beyond. Today, I have Michael Haggard, who is an advocate for victims of crime. Michael is the managing partner of Haggard Law Firm and has dedicated his career to the pursuit of justice on behalf of his clients. In the courtroom, he secured unprecedented awards and as an activist who continually lobbies for permanent solutions and change through local, statewide, and federal legislation. Specializing in pool drownings, negligent security, wrongful death, unsafe premises, and products liability. Michael captured national headlines as the only plaintiff's personal injury attorney to secure three separate $100 million verdicts on behalf of individual clients. That is incredible. Two for children in pool accidents and a third $100 million verdict was awarded by a jury in a negligent security case deemed the largest of its kind for that genre of case law. Now, without further ado, Michael, welcome to the Managing Partners Podcast. Thank you so much, Eric. Thanks for having me this morning. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. So, you know, uh, we we were talking a little bit beforehand, and uh, one of the things that caught my attention from your bio was the uh, the pool accidents. I have a pool in my backyard. My business partner, Kevin Daisy, he has a pool, and and I've I've known that that they're definitely dangerous uh, to to have them, but um. And maybe can you give us a little bit of background into, uh, you know, exactly how dangerous they are or some of the cases that you've tried with pool accidents? And I think it's pertinent since it's now very hot in the United States. Yeah, no doubt. You know, there uh, I always say to people, you know, pools are wonderful. Water is wonderful. I live in South Florida, spend a lot of time in the Florida Keys. So you don't ever want to discourage people from using the water. But pools are very dangerous. And uh, the first and foremost thing is securing the barriers and entryways to a pool, whether you're at an apartment complex or at a home. I've had cases where little kids have gotten away for you know a minute or two and parents are looking in the bedrooms, looking in different rooms. They're really doing nothing wrong, just looking in the wrong place. And a child gets in the water and it's really a silent drowning. People think there's a lot of splashing, screaming. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. So securing your pool or wherever you live, making sure that there are gates, self-closing and self-latching gates or pool alarms on your entryways to the pool is very important. We've also handled terrible suction entrapment cases where kids or even adults have been stuck to the drains of pools or hot tubs, Uh, which are just terrible. And fortunately, we've passed uh, federal legislation to really help that out. And in the last 10 years, it's only been one in the United States, which is incredible. But always make sure that if you're around a pool, that the drain cover is secured. If you see a drain not secured, you got to get away in that pool and alert whoever manages the pool. No, you're right. And I know from working on my pool pump, that is a very powerful pump. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. So clearly personal injury. Are there other practice areas that you cover? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your firm, when you were established, how many lawyers, things like that. Sure. Absolutely. You know, I started out at the public defender's office and uh, we have six lawyers now and five of our lawyers were either state attorneys or PDs. So we place a huge value on trial experience. And uh, we've been around, I've been practicing 25 years. My dad actually founded the firm. He's retired since, uh, but we're a strictly plaintiff's personal injury firm. We don't do anything else. We have niches, as, as you've explained, with negligent security cases where obviously there's 
crimes against persons in any type of commercial premises. And we evaluate whether there's proper security or not. We've also had this niche in, in drowning. We probably handle more drownings than anyone across the country and have been involved in organizations to try to prevent drowning. We do all types of personal injury cases, all types of trucking cases, um, you know, other catastrophic injury cases. But those are two niches that we kind of almost found ourselves in and then, and then you know, continue to be involved in. You know, I, I have a question about a different kind of niche when it comes to personal injury that would be pertinent now with COVID. Is COVID becoming a personal injury niche, like especially with employment and with, you know, coming back up? Maybe like when it started, whether employers protected employees properly and coming back, all that. You know, there are two giant problems to that type of litigation. One is that most of the states have passed uh, immunity legislation towards any type of COVID transmission lawsuit. Uh, second, the causation is so difficult to show that you got it at a workplace or you got it at a supermarket versus somewhere else. So those cases really I think people thought they might be there to some degree. And there probably are some against certain type of uh, businesses, but it hasn't uh, really kind of caught on because of the immunity legislation. You can't you can't get to a jury to be dismissed. OK. Interesting. Yeah, I thought that like in the beginning of the pandemic, that was going to be a big thing, the liability. But yeah, it looks like Congress kind of took care of that. So yeah, hey, what what are um you know when, when clients come to you, what what are some of the challenges that they face, and and how do you kind of help them get through this period of time? Yeah, you know, there's no doubt. I mean, our clients are either catastrophically injured or they've lost a loved one, so they're going through you know no doubt the worst part of their life. So every time you sign up a client, these type cases, you know, one thing you have to know is they're going through the worst period of their life. And uh, a lot of times their financial situation has totally changed. They can't earn or the breadwinner of the family is gone. So, and and they're up against usually a big insurance company or a big corporation. So they've got to have a firm that can take them through that process. You know, we, we deal a lot with helping our clients get proper medical care, helping them get those situ- situations, getting through those situations. A lot of them, in addition, are crime victims. So you have that additional trauma. You know, not that you just slipped and fell or not that it was a motor vehicle accident, but someone intentionally put a gun to your head um, and, and either killed someone or catastrophically injured someone. And how do you deal with that? So we have to be very trauma-based in our practice. Yeah, really interesting. Do, do you find that by the time someone comes to you, they've already made some like common mistakes, maybe with how they interact with the insurance companies or some information they've disclosed, maybe they shouldn't or they disclose it the wrong way? Yeah, and, you know, it all depends on when you're the case is brought to you. It could be done in that fashion or a referral lawyer could have had the case for a year and finally decided they weren't up to handling that case. And what did they do in handling that case for a year because they didn't specialize in this type of practice? So, you know, there's all kinds of things that happen that, you know, you've got to then review the file. Really, you know, we hold ourselves as expert in these two fields because we've done, we've seen every situation. I mean, it's kind of crazy what you see when you do this long enough. And, uh, and usually I hate to say it, but it's, it's kind of the referral lawyer holding on to it, not realizing it and answering interrogatories wrong or letting a client be deposed without preparing them right for this type of case. So you're, you're, you're like what I would call a super niche, right? Because you've niched in personal injury, which, which is probably not uncommon, right? But you've also niched in particular kinds of personal injury cases. Have you found that that, well, I mean, I, I would imagine you found that that is beneficial to your business, but can you maybe just explain for other managing partners that are going to watch this? Like, was that a difficult decision for you? Uh, did it did it work out overnight? Like the, the idea of really niching in on these kinds of cases. Yeah, no, it's a great question because I always say a niche is great, but it also has its drawbacks. And the drawbacks are someone will have a 
a huge trucking case and with a you know quadriplegia, and they'll, they'll say, well, I didn't know you did that. I thought you only did you know negligent security case. I'm like, no, of course, I'm a trial lawyer. I can handle any subject matter. Now, we don't handle certain types of things, and we'll bring in other type of lawyers. But uh, it really kind of happened overnight. You mentioned those three cases, the $100 million cases. And once you have that type of success that goes national, that goes viral to some extent, uh, then all these other cases start flowing. Referral lawyers start thinking of you. And then we made the decision, which was you know, not very difficult. We said, we got to capitalize on this. So we started getting involved in other organizations outside of legal organizations uh, to get involved in helping crime victims, helping drowning prevention and doing those types of things, which takes a lot of time, but also furthers your expertise in the area. You know, you you start to know all the players in, in the particular industry, which is great for a number of things. I mean, number one, your practice. Uh, but number two is you start to make a difference in society. I mean, you can really start to impact legislation so that there are no more drownings, uh-huh. uh, which really we can prevent drowning. We The suction entrapment bill we were a part of has drastically reduced suction entrapment. So that's, that's something that to me as a trial lawyer, you can be bigger than yourself, bigger than the practice, and and you know is the right thing to do. That's great. That's really interesting. So you you mentioned a, a couple of different ways that you get clients. Uh, one is referrals from other lawyers. Uh, the other is getting active in uh, the appropriate organizations that may eventually feed you work. Are there other ways that you go about getting new clients? Well, you know, one thing we do is is we speak a lot. I mean, we not only in all the trial lawyer organizations, but in other organizations talking to folks about these particular issues. We, during COVID, one thing that we did is right before COVID, the year or two before, we were doing webinars by ourselves. Strike that. We were doing seminars by ourselves. We were going around the state. We'd get a big conference room in a hotel, invite all the lawyers to it, uh, and have a, a seminar that we hosted instead of an organization. So we were the only speakers in our different areas. Yeah. Yeah. When COVID hit, we went right to webinars and we were doing webinars really once a month. And what we found was our seminars were attended by 30, 40 people at a great cocktail party. Our webinars were 130 people for an hour. And uh, so you do, uh, to me, you just got to keep getting yourself out there speaking. But then again, as now we get out of the pandemic, you got to go back to hand-to-hand marketing, you know, lunches and, and drinks and everything like that. You know, or, or both, right? And, and we experienced yep. the exact same thing. As a matter of fact, uh, March 16th, 2020, that's the date that I remember here in Virginia. That's when the governor, yeah, that, that was the day that the governor said, all right, we're going to shut down schools for two weeks. And we thought it was going to be a short pandemic, yeah. right? Spring break. Uh, yeah. And, and, and the president of the United States said that, uh, it was a national emergency. So that was, um, you know, everything happened then, but back up a couple of days, we had a, our, our largest in-person event called the state of digital marketing address. And we sold like 200 tickets on a, on the Thursday before the pandemic actually hit. So we were doing the exact same thing as you, we were having in-person events and uh, we were getting, you know, a decent number of people showing up, but then we transitioned over to these kinds of interviews. And what we found is that, well, this is amazing content. It lives forever. Right. Yeah. So yeah. instead of maybe a couple hundred eyeballs at best, or like, you know, a couple dozen, uh, it could be a couple thousand over the lifetime of the video. So so, you know, I, I think I, I would think in the future, it would be kind of a mix of the two things, right? Virtual Absolutely. and in person. And like yeah. you said, I think the most important word is content. You know, so for instance, if I gave a speech to a trial lawyers organization about negligent security cases, that we, we should get that speech out in any fashion on our website, uh, obviously, yeah. Facebook, every every typical social media platform you can get out there so that it's all content based. So if you do have a niche, 
you can then use that content in every way you can possibly think of. Totally agree. Yeah, actually, uh, we have a comment here from Ted Lee. Yes, or both. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. No, that's great. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're planning on doing that. And personally, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I can get back into uh, the real world and have like in-person meetups, even coffee meetups. Like it's, it's time, right? It's time to get oh, back to, to normal. Yeah. So, well, um, so you mentioned speaking, um, is, is there a particular kind of, you know, personal injury, there's usually a lot of advertising going on. Is there a particular kind of marketing or advertising, you know, not, not like network based, but a uh, way of getting the message out to people that you don't bump into the people that you don't know is there a particular kind of marketing or advertising strategy that's worked especially well for you. Yeah, we, we, you know, we do a weekly email blast and, and it's a, it's amazing how many people then send me responses like congrats on a particular case or, or it's great that you guys are doing this and everything like that. And, and my attitude always is you always want to stay in front of your potential referral lawyers because it's impossible for as long as I practice, we have six lawyers. I can't, have lunch with every single referral yeah. I've ever had every month. I mean, there's just no way to do it. So you want to be in front of them, you know, through your email blast, through your social media and any other way you can so that when they have that case that they're struggling with, it's sitting at the end of their desk and they think it'll just turn into, you know, money at some point in time that they're like, you know what? I remember Mike does that. I should get him involved or at least call them, uh, call them about an expert, call them about, you know, how do I draft this complaint? And then obviously I'll talk to folks and, yeah, I'm not really shy about saying, you know, do you want to get us involved? Because because it's worked. You know, one thing I always tell referral lawyers is you'll make more money working with us in these specialties because I know all the excess insurers. They know our results and um, and it's better for the client. So, you know, and, and somebody may say no and that's fine. Uh, but but I think you just got to have those honest conversations, but you got to be in front of them to do it. And it's tough to do in person all the time. Forget yeah. about COVID. It's just, it just don't have the time. Yeah, true. Um, and and it seems like the referrals that are paid out can can sometimes be substantial. There's a, a law firm locally where I live here in the, the Virginia Beach, Virginia area, and uh, they put it. They actually put an ad in the Virginia Lawyers Weekly that I saw uh, that was touting how much they paid out in referral fees over the last year. Uh, it was a pretty significant amount. I I forget the actual amount, but it was in the tens of millions for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, we, we, we've done some things like that when we were trying, you know, we were, we did stuff all around the state. We're like, wow, we could show referral fees we paid in each area of Florida. And even we branched out in the country because we've, we handle these cases all over the country. And, and, uh, you know, and, and, and I think that's important to people. You know, there's, I always joke there's, there's types of people who are the, you know, this, the, the, what I would love to do is the person who gets the cases, sends it to somebody and sits there one day. Hey, there's a call coming. Hey, you made three hundred thousand dollars. You made five hundred thousand dollars. But wow, I didn't. I, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do this month. Now I'm going to have some fun. So you know, and I always, I always tell people, do you want to do that or do you want to be stressing about you know this trial, that trial, this expert depot, and everything like that? So that's something I, I talk to folks about all the time. It's it certainly could be a good source of passive income, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, here's a question from Shannon, who actually works for us here at Array Digital. How do you ensure people are getting your emails in their inbox? Yeah, so we use uh, Constant Contact, and and I think there's some you know algorithms through there that my you know public relations people deal with that we can obviously we see who blocks us, who who knocks us off their list, and I think there's another way you can find out if it's going to junk or clutter. And those types of things. And, you know, and we try to do some follow-up on that. I mean, one thing I try to encourage all my lawyers to do is put everybody you meet. I don't care if they're a lawyer. I don't care if they're your barber. I don't care who they are in your contacts because you'd be amazed how people think, oh, he's a lawyer. Well, yeah, he defends, you know, people who get arrested, you know? So if you don't explain it to everyone and continue to tell them, 
you'll be upset one day. You'll be sitting there talking to you know, your barber and like, yeah, my sister had this thing. And so I was really upset. I handled you. Why didn't you call me? Yeah. I mean, what, you know, I didn't know you did that. And then that that's on you. That's on the lawyer for not explaining to people what you do. Yeah. And it's, it's so easy when, when anyone's thinking about, you know, a service or a product, they need to forget about the people in their own network. Yep. So I'm with you. You have to remind them on a frequent basis what you do because there's just a lot going on in life. They'll forget. So yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. Uh, you know, we, we've talked a lot of, uh, about marketing, but I, because we're a digital marketing agency, so we're always interested in that. But uh, one more question about marketing and uh, in particular, you know, coming out of COVID, do you anticipate any kind of change either in your marketing effort or uh, in, in how the industry itself is trying to attract new clients because of where we're at now and, and just the landscape? Yeah, I think, like you said, we're in a hybrid period. It's it's really strange to adjust right now. I did I did my first in-person speech at a trial lawyers organization in Florida. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so it's like, wow, you know, we're back to whatever. And then I kind of came back home. I said, you know, when's our next webinar scheduled? And it hadn't been scheduled, you know, so we just had our first in-person trial last week. So we're getting that. My partner, Todd Michael's got a $1.3 million verdict in a negligent security case. And we're like, okay, well now how are we getting that out there? What are we doing? So it's kind of, I think everybody's in this, which way do I go? You know, which do I go down the, the path we've been doing a year and a half or do I go down the old path? Like you said, I think it's both, which means we, we all have to concentrate almost twice as hard. You know, I, I was talking to a litigation uh, partner, managing partner, about 800 plus law firm. Obviously does a lot different stuff than I do. They saved $20 million in uh, expenses, transportation, marketing of all their lawyers uh, over the last year. And, you know, you think 800 lawyers and you think about all everybody not getting on a plane. But now the, the challenge for them is, okay, do we reinvest that money or do we not? Like, what do we do there? And I think that's the challenge for all of us. We're we're going to try to do it on both fronts. I mean, we're going to go speak in person, but we've got to keep up our webinars because I think it's become part of people's culture that I sit down lunch, I can get CLE credits, and I'm interested in this particular area. We might not get 140 people, but it's, it doesn't cost any money anyway, so why not do it? That's right. Yeah, and and like we talked about early on in the in the interview, you get the content, and that content lives Absolutely. forever, right? And usually, like after the event the content is more valuable than during the event right yeah, just because it does live forever so well michael hey i really appreciate your time if someone wants to get in touch with you and either ask you questions or maybe they have a case for you what's the best way to get in touch with you sure our website is haggardlawfirm.com and my personal email is mah at haggardlawfirm.com please contact me for anything if you have one of these cases or want to talk about them uh, love love to talk to everybody about them because they're important cases for society and obviously our clients. Good for you. That's awesome. All right. Hang on one second, Michael. If you are a managing partner of a law firm and you want to hear more episodes like this, check out our backlog of episodes at ArrayLaw.com slash podcast. And if you're interested in spicing up your digital marketing for your law firm, there's more information about Array Digital and our offering at ArrayLaw.com. All right, Michael. Appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hang on.